This is the Gathering Ottawa's Message Podcast, and we've got another great message for you. For information about us, check out thegatheringottawa.com. To get connected, email info at thegatheringottawa.com. And just know that at The Gathering, we exist to connect people to the love of Jesus. So let's get right to it. suggest to you this morning that God is inviting you into a journey of healing. Maybe this is kind of a new step that God will invite you to take uh, today. Uh, Maybe you're just starting that journey. Maybe you're well along the way in that journey. But God is inviting you into a journey of healing. And so I ask you today, how is it that you will respond? We'll start out by sharing a video by a fellow named Matthew West. Uh, This is a music video entitled Truth Be Told that actually really kind of nails down or perfectly presents kind of the start of this journey for me and what God has been inviting me into. Do those words connect deeply uh, with anyone else? Lie number one, you're supposed to have it all together. Lie number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. And we say, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. But I'm not broken. And then West suggests that actually the pathway to healing is admission of that brokenness. I think if I can just kind of level up, if I can try harder, if I can present this image, we'll get there. It'll be fine. But what he suggests is being honest. It's the pathway to healing, to wholeness. And being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth be told. And so I suggest to you today that this journey into healing starts with telling the truth. So I want to invite you into a little bit of my own, my own story. Uh, you get a glimpse of, of my family here. So you can see uh, there's, there's myself and my wife and uh, four kids all, all smiling. It looks great, right? Like God has blessed us so much with a wonderful, wonderful spouse and, and four lovely little kids. It looks great. We're all smiling like Paul. Like that could maybe look like the perfect family. Good heavens, that's not the truth. And so that just gives you a little bit of a context into kind of who I am, where I come from, and this journey that God has invited me into. God has blessed me with uh, a relationship where I've been able to disciple a young man uh, for about 10 years and, and really just kind of landed in my lap of someone being like, hey, there's this guy, he just gave his life to Jesus, he doesn't have a great community around him, would you want to do Bible study with him and, and show him the ways of Jesus? Like, yeah, sure. So we started this 10-year journey, lots of sharing in the words together, lots of praying, uh, him having dinner with our family, helping us put the kids to bed, lots of board games, card games, grew as friends. And it was just been a real delight and, and privilege to mentor this this young fellow. In my in my church that I was at, was kind of connecting him in, giving him leadership opportunities, so on and so forth. Uh, so about eight to ten years into that journey, there was another church that was planted uh, 15 minutes down the road, and we'd had a little bit of conversation about this new church starting. But I'll never forget the moment that I was sitting uh, Sunday afternoon, the day that that church had launched 
sitting in a lazy boy chair, cruising through Instagram, and there's this guy that I've poured 10 years into, invested in, and there he is at this new church, hyping this other pastor. And it was like a dagger through my heart. And I sat there numb for like the next three hours, just numb to the world, sports news, cruising social media, the world just like closed in around me, and I was hurting. And the next little while, uh, the months ahead, could not believe the degree of bitterness and pain within my heart. And it was this moment of, I think, God kind of looking at me and being like, hey, like, you're not okay. This is not good. And I was alarmed by the darkness that I saw in my heart. That was there. This unhealth was revealed in this situation where I poured into this guy and then he jumped over here. And God's saying, like, wait, where's your identity? Like, is it about me and who I pray to be, or is it whether people see you and perceive you as this uh, a good, successful pastor? So that's story number one. Story number two, uh, during COVID, we had some backyard sheep. We, we live out in the countryside, had some space, so we had some backyard sheep. Uh, they, yeah, raised them to, to eat them. They're super duper tasty, but what we had them, they were really cute. And there was this one day where I'm feeding them, I got the pail, dumping the chop into, their, into the feed hopper, and the sheep comes and headbutts the pail. And the feet scattered all over. And in that moment, and I'm embarrassed to say, I hit the sheep. And in that moment, there was this like rage and anger that came up from within me, and I smacked it. And that was another moment of like, whoa, hold on, what's going on here? And realizing that this, it wasn't about the sheep, it wasn't about that moment, but it was this unhealthiness within me, this, this pain that emerged and erupted in that moment. And God said, Something's not right here. Like, what's, what's going on with you? The third piece would be this recognition that, uh, you know, you saw my family there, and, and, and we lived about 15 minutes from Lake Huron. And so it was common that after dinner, about once a week, we'd, after dinner, we'd take the family, we'd walk down the lake together, you know, dig our toes in the sand, just kind of catch our breath as a family for, for a few minutes, and then walk back home. And I was, you know, like, great wife, great kids, you know, parenting is always a challenge, but they're a good little bunch, and... And we, uh, you know, like, life is so good and so beautiful, but recognizing the one, the one day we're walking down there and just recognizing how my heart was not at peace. Just carrying this, like, unsettledness, this anxiety, this, like, aching within. Like, hold on, like, why is this the case? Why do I feel this each time, you know, we're walking the lake and life is good? Like, we're just going, we're going to watch the sun, whatever. Like, it's perfect. And yet I couldn't feel that. And God be like, Hey, like, are you noticing this? Like, you're not in a good spot. It's not fine. You're not okay. Why do I not feel this peace? And God directed me toward some of the identity issues that I needed to work through. And so that's a glimpse for you into what my journey has looked like. And basically the sense of at 38 years old, recognizing, like, I'm not where I thought that I would be by now. I've been walking with Jesus for most of my life, and I thought I'd be, like, all, like, mature and peaceful and... I thought I'd be a little bit more like Jesus by now than I actually am. And I kind of bought into this lie that if I have all of the right information, if I do enough Bible studies, and if I do all the right stuff, if I serve in these ways, you know, if I kind of go the route of becoming a, a pastor, like this stuff will just work itself out. But it didn't. And so God directed me toward this inner journey. And so God is inviting you, as he did myself, into a healing journey. Will you join me? And that brings us to Psalm 51, which uh, Christy uh, led us through a moment ago. And we get a glimpse into King David and the healing journey that God 
had him on. So I'm going to pull a couple of pieces uh, from this text to share with you. And, and the first step in this healing journey is telling the truth, admitting your brokenness. As mentioned, you know, Matthew West says, I don't know why it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it. So let the truth be told. And that's hard. That's hard. That's scary. But that's the first step, is telling our truth both to God and to others. One of the gifts of the COVID season that we've come through is this exposing, this exposing of the things within our heart. When we couldn't just be super busy, we couldn't do all the stuff that kind of numbs us to the pain or distracts us from the pain, and we're just kind of like hanging out with our families or whoever we're with, and we're kind of sitting there, and it exposed some of this stuff. Am I the only one that kind of felt that? No, I've, I've seen this. As I've interacted with people, COVID exposed these things within us. And it's actually a tremendous gift. And so God is inviting us into repentance. What is repentance? Our, one of our, our kids uh, had a classmate that had a habit of kicking other kids. And so this kid would walk up and just kick somebody. And they're like, what's going on? like, oh, sorry. And then like 10 minutes later, they kick another kid. Oh, I'm sorry. And then this kind of came to the teacher's attention after a little while. And the teacher's like, hey, like, you can't be doing this. And the kid's like, why? Like, I said sorry. And, it's, and, and that's maybe a little bit of kind of how we understand this whole confessing thing of like, oh, I'll, just, I'll confess, I'll just say sorry. When repentance is this invitation to turn the other way, to move in the other directions, a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. And so this, in terms of admitting our brokenness and telling our truth, God is inviting us to turn and to move the other way. And that's the healing journey that we're in. It's not as simple as, you know, it would be a lot easier if we could just be like, sorry God, I goofed up again today and receiving His forgiveness, which, you know, we are within the forgiveness of Jesus, but He invites us to turn and to move into growth and into health. In verses 23 and 24 of our text, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And so the first step in this healing journey is to bring it before God and say, I'm wide open. What do you see? Verses 3 and 4 of the text, it says, I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So we like to cover up our sin. I might confess it to God and like kind of a quick, please, are we still good? Like, forgive me, please, kind of way. We cover it up. We numb it. We pile through it. Oh, I'll figure this out. And we don't address it often until we actually can't hide our brokenness anymore. Until it erupts in really painful ways that affect other people. Or we recognize it's really damaging us. But God is inviting you into this journey of healing with that first step of admitting that you're broken. Step number two is believing that God can heal you. God has the capacity to restore you. I believe that with all your heart, with all my heart. There may be places of brokenness, there may be patterns of sin that you've been wallowing in or, or trapped in for, for years, for decades. And you're like, you know what? Like this is kind of my deal. Thanks be to God for your forgiveness and then within your family, and someday I'll be healed when I get to heaven. Like it's it's easy actually to get to that place. It's, it's just it. But I believe that God can heal you and God can restore you. And, and actually, you know, like five or six years ago, I might have been in that place a little bit. I wouldn't have said it out loud, but I actually maybe would have believed that a little bit. I was like, well, we just kind of we'll hang in there until God restores all things. I believe with all of my heart that God can heal you and restore you. 
God has a capacity to restore. You might have been trying and trying and trying and asking, like, why do I always nag my kids? Why do I find it so easy to gossip? Why do I get angry so easy? And you've been tempted to just give in. But God can heal you. We look at the story of David who wrote this text. We look, you look at the stories, I'm sure that you have people around you who you've observed that they've been locked in a pattern of sin and pain and God has restored them and brought life to them. God can heal you. Psalm 139, a portion of that text, it says, Search me and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me. Sorry, one second. I think that's a part of... Uh, anyway, Psalm 139. It says, Search me and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so it's this posture of openness, of confession, that Jesus wants to lead you in the way everlasting, the fullness of life. God can heal you. And so we come looking for mercy. I think that God's most favorite thing to do is to hand out mercy. Like sometimes we think He kind of does it begrudgingly. Like, okay, well I have to. Like I died for your sins. Like here you go. Like God actually loves handing out His mercy. Verse 1, David comes to him and this, uh, this is my heart. God, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. King David committed rape and he killed the man, the husband of the victim. Sent him off to the front lines to kind of disappear into the atrocities of war so that David could have this woman whom he had raped. A terrible, terrible sin from this man who's described after being after of being after God's own heart. But David came and said, have mercy on me. He trusted in God's saving power. Verse 2, it says, According to your great compassion, blot out my iniquity and cleanse me from all sin. This is because God's compassion. He loves to hand out His mercy. There's nothing that God would love more today than for you to be like, you know what? Like, Okay, I'm going to admit this. I have been struggling and I need your mercy. And God's like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Through my compassion, I want to pour out your mercy. I want to cleanse your sin. And so you know, when you place your faith in Jesus, you are already forgiven. This isn't a matter of trying to get in a good place with God so that you'll be okay with Him. If you place your faith in Jesus, you're covered by the blood. You shed blood of the cross. He's paid the sacrifice for your sin. He stepped in as your substitute. Jesus has already forgiven you. So that's not the issue, right? We're already within His people. But now it's that stepping and that growing into it and toward it. Believe that God can heal you. Believe that He can restore your joy. Verse 12, it says, David is saying, Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant within me a willing spirit to sustain me. Verse 13, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. O God, You are my Savior and my tongue will sing of Your righteousness. When we go through this journey of healing, we are restored to a place of joy and of singing about the righteousness of God, His goodness. God can heal you. And this is a matter of growing into it. I'm on this journey. All of us are in this journey in different ways. And I can say that I'm more rooted in my identity with Jesus than I was four years ago when He started showing me this darkness. Okay, why is my identity so wrapped up in whether I feel like I'm a successful pastor? When that doesn't feel like it's necessarily going well, there's that brokenness, but I'm loved by you. I'm your son. You're the one who ascribes to me my 
identity and whether I'm successful. You already said I am. You love me. And so I feel a greater sense of peace as I'm out for a walk with my family. When I do feel that unsettledness, when I do feel that rage kind of come up from within me in a moment that triggers me, again, it's a growth process, but thanks be to God, I'm not where I was a number of years ago where I can stop and I say, you know what, Ryan, you are God's son. You are loved. It's not about what you can accomplish. It's not about whether people respect you or think you're doing a marvelous job. It's about who God has created you to be and what He has declared through the work of Jesus. So I'm growing into this, but I really believe that you can find healing. The next step is this invitation to seek out the source. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, it says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good that's stored within him. But an evil man brings evil things out of the good stored in him. When we act out in appropriate ways, when we when we feel um, this angst or this bitterness, when we, yeah, when we feel that brokenness, it's because of deeper things within us. We act without of the realities within our heart. And so when I, when I shared about, you know, I lashed out at my sheep that one day, and uh, it, there were deeper things going on within me. As I mentioned, it wasn't about that sheep being a disturbance. It was about the deeper stuff that I was feeling. And so it's not a matter of just trying harder. It's a matter of saying, all right, God, like, where am I misaligned with you and who you say that I am? When I'm on my lazy boy chair, numbing pain, just scrolling social media, discouraged and hurt because a dear friend abandoned me, I could ask why. What are those deeper things going on within me that's creating this brokenness? There's a fellow named Rob Reamer, and uh, he wrote a book called Soul Care. And he compares this to actually getting to the deeper issues to pulling out a weed. Uh, if any of you do gardening, you will know that weeding, you got to get deep to the roots. If I'm asked, I remember as a kid, my parents would ask me to weed the garden. And you could pull those weeds, you could snap off the heads real quick, and your garden would look amazing really quickly. But those weeds would come back in short order with a good warm spring rain. How do you weed a garden? You get your fingers in there, you get firmly around the base as far down as you can go, and you slowly massage it up to get that root of the weed. And so it is with us in our brokenness. So Reamer says, it's often the issues of the soul that keep us from intimacy with God and others. He says, many people come to me because they want to get closer to God, but they can't. What they fail to understand is that it's often soul issues that keep them from drawing near to God. Praying, fasting, memorizing Scripture, they cannot help us to draw near unless we address the soul blocks. We have unconfessed, unprocessed, undealt with issues, and they hinder us from experiencing the fullness of God. Think of your soul like a container. These things fill up the container of our souls, and unless we deal with them, we don't have any more capacity for God. So if I gossip, that can be a challenge sometimes. When I gossip, it's not a matter of simply trying harder. The next day, like, okay, I'm going I'm to work really hard not to say anything negative about anybody. But I'm, I'm going I'm to level up. I'm going to do this right. It's not going to do the trick. I've got to dig deep and say, what are the insecurities within me? What are the ways that things I've come to understand about who I am different from who God is? Why do I criticize my spouse? Deeper heart issues. The last step in this journey of inner healing is to invite others on your journey. So James chapter 5.16, it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Do any of you do that? Do you confess your sins? 
to fellow sisters and brothers in Christ? I didn't really for a long time. It's right there in Scripture. Confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. Well, that's nice. But it's actually pretty scary, so we don't bother doing it. I did it a few times in accountability groups. Oh, I struggle with this, I struggle with that, whatever. But I've never actually done it. And so there's this piece of like, why do we expect Jesus to heal us if we're not actually doing what he tells us to do on that journey? And so I invite you into this. This confession of sin. And not just to surface, yeah, sometimes I can be prideful. Sometimes I think impure thoughts. Sometimes I'm greedy. But it's a living a life of confession with others. Jesus models this closer life, this more intense life with the three around him, Peter, James, and John. And I really believe that this practice of mutual confession is a huge piece of that journey of healing. One of the gifts that God had through COVID, I was like, oh man, I'm not doing well. I had two other buddies, and they're like, yeah, we're not doing well. I'm like, well, we should talk about it. So we read through this book by Rob Reamer, and in that, he encourages a process called a total life confession. And it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done, but we set aside a Monday, we got in the same room, and we just told our whole stories. Everywhere we've been, every, everything we've done, everything we've thought, everything we've said, we just laid it out there. We walked through that room knowing one another better than the wives knew us. And we had to go have some good conversations with our wives. And it opened this doorway now where we meet bi-weekly for breakfast, 6 a.m., bacon and eggs, and we just share, like, this is what this week looks like, and this is how, this is where I'm experiencing God, and this is where it was super hurtful, and this is where I acted out in a way where I'm like, hey, that's not helpful. And this pathway of healing goes through confession. And when we do that, we unburden ourselves, and we actually then can receive the mercy of God through our sisters and brothers in Christ. We receive it in a spiritual way. We know that God says this, but there's something really beautiful when we have a Christian brother or sister across the table from us, and we tell them, like, this dark, really nasty thing that we're super embarrassed by, and instead of them walking away and being like, oh, yeah, but you're, you're a mess, they actually, and again, this is with someone whom you have a high level of trust with, but when you do that, and they lean in toward you, and they say, yeah, that's but I'm with you. I love you. We're going to walk through this together. And in that moment, through the body of Christ, we experience in a tangible, concrete way the mercy of God. And he invites us into this journey. So a number of pieces there for you. This sense that we need to you know, admit and confess our brokenness. Believing that God can heal you. Seeking the source of the issue. And then journeying with others. Inviting others on this journey. I, I really believe that this is a pathway of healing that God can invite you into. So I want to ask you, what are your symptoms of brokenness? Is it eating too much? That can be one for me. Is it raging? Addictions, gossip, nagging, control. I hate being in situations where I don't control things. That can get me in real trouble with a Christian leader. You always need to control. All of these symptoms of brokenness deep down inside. So what are your symptoms? And then what is your posture? In verse 17 of our text, it says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise. Knowing all the right things, doing all the right things isn't enough, but God invites us into this posture of a broken spirit before Him and before others. Memorizing more scripture isn't going to do it. Trying harder. You can become an elder with the church. You can volunteer in kids' ministry. It's not going to do the trick. With this broken and contrite spirit before God. So, get alone with God. Call a friend. There's great programs. Uh, Rob Reamer's 
Soul Care is great. There's programs called Celebrate Recovery Freedom Session that might go on in your city. All these pathways to help you um, on this journey. If you're not sure what next steps, talk to Jeff or your elders. Talk to myself. We'd love to do that. Um, yes, we're going to bring it to a close there. I'm actually, uh, the last time I preached this, I was at a church where they have an hour for preaching. And so I just like had the runway to just give her. <laughs> Got to rein it in here. Um, so I, I want to invite you onto this journey of brokenness. This journey of brokenness that leads to healing. And I invite you to hold that out to Jesus and ask, where are you directing me in this? So don't wait. Please don't wait. Don't wait till you're estranged from your kids. Don't wait until there's a huge emotional chasm between you and your spouse. Don't wait until your, your business fails and you're crushed. If you're under the age of 20, like start now. Oh man, I wish I would have started this when I was 18, not when I was 36, 37, 38. Join with Jesus in this journey. for tuning in. We're back next week with another great message. Don't forget to check out our website, thegatheringottawa.com, and tune in next week to The Gathering Ottawa's Message Podcast.